solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Friday installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston and USA Today Texans Wire, Cody Davis, along with my co-host. John, some sports guy Hickman want to let you guys know that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and NFL scout Matt Williamson, host of Locked On Peacock and Williamson, Host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news, insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. But today we're going to talk to Brandon K. Scott of Sports Radio 610, get his insight on the, you know, the latest moves, Jeff Driscoll, how does he feel about a fifth quarterback being thrown into the mix uh, for this upcoming season? But before we get into a lot of the latest news and what we feel or our own opinions about the Houston Texans, it's very important to note that Justin Britt spoke to the media. uh, And as we know, Justin Britt will be playing center for Houston. Not the guard position, not the tackle position, those two positions that he has – history in the league with that he's played but he will be playing center for houston this upcoming season we actually had an opportunity to hear from him yesterday and uh, a couple of things that i got from it you know really quick cody number one overall you know the first thing that i got from it i want to run the ball like you know for a guy that's coming off an acl injury got released by the seattle seahawks after uh, helping them win a Super Bowl and get to a Super Bowl that they ultimately lost against the New England Patriots, to hear him say, I want to run the ball, knowing the situation that this team is in with the lack of talent at quarterback as of right now, not having Deshaun Watson, which he said that he was not a deciding factor of him coming to Houston. Houston just believed in him. But hearing him say that, I love it because that does – at least from a player's perspective, what we're getting from the player's perspective right now is it will establish that they will be heavy on the ground. And there's no way around it. That's always been my thought for this office this season. Uh, they signed Philip Lindsay, brought in Mark Ingram, retained David Johnson. So they have a young back. They have an experienced back in the back in David Johnson, who's also an experienced vet in the league that can do a multitude of different things when he's healthy and on the field with a good offensive line which we did not see glasses. And I think that Danny Barrett, uh, his success rate would be much better than it was last season. But Justin Britt wants to run the ball. I love it. That gives me a sense of confidence that this offensive line behind James Campen will be entirely better than what it was last season. And once again, John, this kind of goes back to the conversation that you and I had on yesterday about whether or not the Texans are going to be the worst team in the league. This offensive line is going to be better. And look, I know David Johnson did not have the greatest season for an individual last year. But what I would say is this. 
had David Johnson had a better offensive line to run behind, maybe, just maybe, we would have received and would have saw a better production coming from DJ last season. Now that you add in Philip Lindsay to your point, John, I do believe the run game is going to be a lot better. And just take a look at this offensive line as a whole. Now, Justin Britt, I know and understand that he is coming back after missing all of the 2020 season. He tore his ACL in 2019. And by the way, John, when you go back and take a look and you take a listen at everything Justin Britt had to say, he sound like a guy who was 100% committed and he sound like a guy who was 100% motivated because every time he brought up the fact that the Seattle Seahawks had cut him, he sound pretty hurt about it, which lets me know that he's going to try to come back and prove his worth to not only the Texans, but to the Seattle Seahawks as well. We all know that they are having their own issues going on with their organization. Part of the problems that Russell Wilson has with that organization is the fact that he's now playing behind a weakened offensive line. And during the time where that offensive line was pretty good, Justin Britt was a part of it. Now you take a look at this offensive line. Of course, you still have Laramie Tunsil. You have Titus Howard. You have Marcus Cannon and also Justin Britt, who is going to be, in my opinion, an upgrade over what we had over the last couple of years in Nick Martin. There is no way you can say to me, and, and, and of course, a lot of this is what I'm about to say depends on the health of Justin Britt and Marcus Cannon, another guy who missed the entirety of the 2020 season, even though that was for his personal reasons due to COVID-19. There is no way we're going to sit here and say that this offensive line has digressed. If that offensive line has improved, especially with James Campen, a guy who has a proven track record for improving teams' offensive lines, if that offensive line can with hold Lane its Taylor, own, with Lane Taylor, by the way, exactly, Lane Taylor. If that offensive line can hold its own, improve the run game, it's also going to help improve the play of Tyrod Taylor as well. I, I, I don't necessarily think it'll help Tyrod Taylor, and it, it'll make his job easier because, you know. As you mentioned yesterday, he will be limited to a game manager, uh, which is what Tyrod Taylor is. He's a game manager, but, you know, his job would be fairly easy compared to if that offensive line was atrocious and he's having to make a lot of decisions on the fly. Uh, but I do think regardless of what I feel about this team overall, I think this offensive line would be tremendously better day and night from what we saw last season. Uh, I, I think that we will get Max Sharpen to start this season. And I think he will be a much better player than what he was after he was hit with COVID and got injured uh, last season. I will say this. And we had that conversation yesterday about the, the ceiling for this team. The last time Vegas, in 2017, Vegas had two teams that were projected to lose every game, underdogs in every game. One team, just like 2000, as I'm sorry, just like in 2021, the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans are uh, not favored in any game this season. 2017, the Cleveland Browns and the Rams were not favored to win any games that season. The Rams won 11-5. The Cleveland Browns, 0-16. All I'm saying is there's a high chance that Houston can go 0-17 this season. Or they'll they're they'll you know they make they make be you know the Rams of that season when they won eleven games I don't think so that that Rams team was actually pretty good had some good talent 
Let's, let's, let's once again let you know a lot of times Vegas doesn't know what they're talking about. They don't. But the Browns went 0-16 that season. It's the Cleveland Browns. And at the time, they was tanking for Baker Mayfield. I don't Brown, see a Baker hey. Mayfield in this draft. I could be wrong when the college season starts, but I don't I see don't. a Baker Mayfield in this no, draft. No, here's the thing. I, I can see a couple of Baker Mayfields. And think about Baker Mayfield. And I've, I've been a Baker Mayfield fan, you know, for the longest. You you and me uh, both. I love Baker as a football player, on, uh, but he is limited as a quarterback. And – what we got out of Baker Mayfield last season just made sense because Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt made his job tremendously easy. Uh, that defense was better. Jarvis Landry was better. And then when Odell Beckham went down, when he was not on that field, it made Baker Mayfield's job much easier because he does not have to uh, force feed a diva, uh, diva receiver. Uh, he was able to spread the ball around, hit different targets. But overall, man, that run game was stupendous last season. If you have a run game like that, any quarterback's job is going to be easy. Any. doesn't matter. Like, look look, look, look who was the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens when they won their first Super Bowl, Super Bowl in the 2000s. Exactly. But, of course, I want to let you guys know of how you can make some extra money, and that's by betting with betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports actions. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs for the playoffs. By the way, the Lakers and the Warriors had an amazing game the other night. Was that Wednesday? Had a great game. Uh, get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON. That's why we're telling you, promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in order to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. And hey, happy birthday, by the way. Joining us, the birthday boy, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, how you doing, my man? And happy birthday. Man, I appreciate y'all for that, man. I appreciate it. And I'm doing well. Glad to uh, glad to see another year. Have another year under my belt. So uh, hopefully I got at least as many ahead of me as I got behind me. So uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Do we need to play the Stevie Wonder happy birthday song? It's the only one I know. But happy birthday to you, Brandon K. Scott, man. Coolest guy over at 16 Sports Radio. But we want to talk to you about the Houston Texans. And the running joke for the offseason has been the influx of linebackers that were signed. I saw somebody, you know, just joke around. So they signed 72 linebackers. So that'll help the offense. But now we have five quarterbacks under contract with Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. Ernie man in the NFL, six-round pick. Uh Drafted by San Francisco, played some time last season with Denver, who had an uh, abysmal quarterback room, like Drew Locke and everything that was going on with the Broncos. But just your thoughts on Jeff Driscoll getting signed and what that actually means, in your opinions, for this uh, Texans uh, quarterback room? It, for me, it just means that it's a little bit more crowded. I, I don't fully understand. To, it also means that it's probably going to be not just Deshaun Watson's going to be traded, but there's probably going to be a quarterback that's not going to make it. Um, which to me makes it a little bit strange that um, that they did the trade for for Ryan Finley. So um, you know, I'm I'm kind of confused by that part. Why, why there are now so many quarterbacks? But um, at the end of the day, I think it's going it's going to probably be 
Terod Taylor, Davis Mills, and then either, you know, Ryan Finley or Jeff Driscoll. So, uh, so it makes it a little bit more crowded. It makes it, uh, I guess, a little bit more competition. It fits into this theme of competition they've been trying to sell us for the entire offseason, which I don't, I don't totally mind. You know, I'm okay with this idea of competition. It just would be better if you had what you thought were better competitors. Like if you had to, felt that there was more talent that was amongst the competition, then you feel a lot better about it. But to me, it's just a theme, you know, a theme of what they're trying to do in the offseason. Uh, rolling the dice a little bit, uh, throwing a little bit to the wall, see what sticks. Um, and this is just kind of part of that. This is this is really really consistent. As confusing as it is for me, as far as the number of quarterbacks, it really is consistent with what they've been doing, which is, hey, let's bring as many guys as we possibly can in here at all the positions and see what we got. You know, a lot of people talking about how crowded this quarterback room is. I mean, on paper, they have five, but let's be real. They only have four. And the way I'm looking at it, that's they only have three. And Brandon, I would like your opinion on this because I'm looking at Jeff signing as a way of maybe in order talking about competition, maybe this might be a year where Nick Casario and David Cully and all the rest of the guys might say to themselves that, you know what? What we've seen from Davis Mills through these first couple of days of rookie minicamp lets us know that he's not ready. And it might be in his best interest to actually redshirt him for an entire for his entire rookie season and go into the season with Tyrod Taylor, Jeff, and Ryan Finley as your three man quarterbacks. Yeah, and then doesn't that make you feel even worse about the pick though? You know what I mean? That's what you gotta be like and say, okay, so to supplement for the fact that this guy's not ready, what we're gonna do is to to put some padding on that, to put some cushion on that, we're going to bring in Ryan Philly and Jeff Driscoll. So what that tell you about the pick, really? You know, that's the only thing about that. Like that, like what you're saying could be true, but I hope I hope it's not. I hope that's not what's happening here because that makes me feel worse about the pick, which, you know, if we go back to what how we talked about this before, I wasn't really with them drafting a the quarterback because, you know, at, for where they were picking that because I didn't think none of the quarterbacks that was going to be available at that spot were, were going to be worth picking at that spot. And I still believe that. So... Um, so that would make me feel worse about the pick, honestly, Cody, if that if that is the case. So I hope it's not. Um, but it, it definitely could be, man. Um, as far as Davis Mills go, you know, my my whole thing was about him was can he be your backup quarterback? You know, and and, and before this, before this uh Jeff Driscoll sign signing, my whole thing was forget all this conversation about is he gonna be your starter? You start him day one and all of that. I don't see no starter, honestly. You know, and if he if he is a starter day one, good for him. Good for him for proving me wrong. And I encourage him to do it, man. I ain't no hater. So if he can do it, do it. But I don't see it. Can he be your can he be your backup quarterback? Was my question. Can he beat out Ryan Finley? You know, that let's start there. So now you add Jeff Driscoll into the mix, and we'll just kind of see how that shakes out. You know, I, I would like to think that if you drafted a guy in the third round, that from day one, he can be better than both of those guys. The sun's working out though. Could he could he be back? Could he be back? Hell no, he's not coming back. You know, when I look at Jeff Driscoll, I, I look at him as what he is, a journeyman, uh, somebody that I, I would have preferred him over Ryan Finley, which, I mean, apples and oranges, really. I, I just think Jeff Driscoll adds a, maybe an inch more than what we can do, what we can do here in Houston over Ryan Finley. But to your point, if, if Davis Mills can't beat out those two players – to be your number two quarterback, um, then Houston is in a lot of trouble. And I think, you know, I, I kind of want to use that to kind of transition over to 
what we are expecting out of this team next season. The first 17 game season schedule ever. Uh, and I'm actually hype about it. Three preseason games, 17 games. So still 20 games overall uh, with the preseason getting cut down to three. I think that gives teams and fans something shorter, but more important to look to. That fourth game is always just I'll catch it if I feel like not wanting to watch Law and Order tonight. But now with three games, you you do have to force yourself to not be so laid back and finding out who and who not will make this roster. So uh, when we when we come back, we want to discuss the 17-game season, what we feel Houston can do, and our own expectations with Brandon K. Scott. So don't go anywhere. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Steph Curry wasn't good enough for the Warriors against the Lakers. Yes, he was. He it was just a lucky shot by Bron. Let's not he be. Let's not rims. start this. He oh, saw three God. rims and he knocked it down. Give him an Academy Award. We're getting more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Birthday man took time out of his day to spend time with us. We appreciate it, so we're not going to keep him for too long. But as we alluded to earlier, the first ever 17-game season for the NFL. And honestly, guys, has the NFL ever had a bad season? Like, the NBA has bad seasons all the time. Yeah, they do. But the NFL, they have bad Super Bowls, but they never have a bad season. So one That's more extra fair. game be pretty lit for this upcoming season. I can't wait to see it. Uh, not necessarily for the Texans overall. I mean, there are certain things that I'm looking forward to, but do I think the Texans will be a part of this lit season? No. Brandon K. Scott, what are your expectations for this team when it's all said and done May 21st, 2021, before the season even gets here, the two early expectations from you? Yeah, so my early expectations are actually going to be more of the same. And, and I say that just with the caveat that what happened last year was not my expectation. I didn't think they were going to be very good. I didn't think they were going to be as bad as they were. I think I actually might actually end up picking them to win uh, six games last year, and they won four. So they were even worse than I thought they would be. Um, but this year I'm going to go with them being right around the status quo. You know, you add the extra game, that means they're going to lose the extra game. That's how I, that's how I got it. Four and 13. You know, I got I got them starting off actually pretty good. This was going to happen, guys. We're going to look up after the first three games, and the Texans are going to come out, and they're going to do something. Because you know what? They're going to beat Jacksonville and that rookie quarterback and that rookie that – rookie, I know they got their own rookie first year, you know, head coach and everything. But they're going to come out, and they're going to win that game. Then they're going to go to Cleveland and lose. They're going to get the ball run all over, and we're going to find out, oh, you know what, that run defense improved tonight. It's not going to be good enough to stop that. They're going to lose that game. They're going to come back home and they're going to beat the Panthers. They're going to be 2-1. and one, And we're going to be like, man, look at them Texans, man. They're not as bad as we thought. And the quarterback play, probably not going to be that good. But we're going to be like, oh, man. So whoever the quarterback is, oh, it's so-and-so. The quarterback now? We're going to do all of these mind games. You watch. You watch. You know, you know and I'm going to hate each and every one of them. It's good. This this, this the process, man. This is just how it works. I followed it enough both from the fan and the media standpoint, from both sides, to know how the cycle works. I've been the radio caller and been the one at the post-game show. You know, I know both sides. This is how it's going to go. Then reality going to sit in, man. We're going to start losing them games. We're going to start playing some of them real teams. And 
Yeah, I say I say one thing about the schedule that that is interesting to me is and and I you knew this even before you knew the the, the order of everything just from looking at the opponents just how the offseason sh- has shaken out every team that the Texans play have either a very compelling quarterback situation or at the very least just a better one than yours if you're a Texans fan yeah go up and down just go up just go 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 look Trevor at Lawrence all wherever you quarterback wherever Pull, pull up your schedule. Yeah, you're right. You, Everybody that's listening to this podcast right now, pull up your schedule as we speaking. Pull it up. Look down there. And, and I'm not trying to make you sad or anything. I'm just saying this. That's it's one thing that stuck out to me when I look. I'm like, man, Trevor Lawrence. Off the top of my head, oh, man, Baker Mayfield. Oh man, Carolina. They don't. I mean, so I don't believe in Sam Darnold, but at least that's interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, the 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 Bills got Josh Allen. Like he didn't figure out. Cam Newton is a shell of himself, but he's still Cam Newton. And then if 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 that's not working out by that time, they got they they just drafted a quarterback in the first round. Would have been nice to have a first round pick if you was a Texans fan. Oh, Carson Wentz is he broken? Let's see, uh, Colts fans, you can at least get to figure that out. Kyler Murray, oh, that's very very exciting. He's one of the more exciting quarterbacks in the game. How if, if you're a Rams fan, how you like to have Matthew Stafford now as opposed to Jared Goff? You know what I mean? Like, and then even with the Dolphins, like if you don't believe in Tua. Okay, that's fine. At least you get another year to try to figure that out. You got draft picks, and at the very least, you can fleece the Texans out of theirs. You know, like you got you got things going. You got things going for yourself. You know, Tennessee they got the least interesting. That's the least interesting matchup of all, and that's a rival. But that's the least interesting matchup of everything on the, on the entire schedule, man. On everything on the entire schedule, and they at least got Ryan Tannehill. Are you I, frustrated I, right now with this team? This therapy session. Do you need a couch to lay on? I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe Kwame Brown motivated me, man. Maybe there you go. <laughs> maybe he motivated me to really start talking crazy. I don't know. But yeah, man, I just that's 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 kind of my impression of the, uh, of the schedule, though, man. It's gonna be more of the same, and everybody got a cooler quarterback situation than ours. And, and Brandon, I 100% agree with you. And you know, if that scenario does play out like that, especially with the possibility of the Texans starting two and one or three and two or whatever the case might be, at least that lets me know that this team isn't going to finish last, which is the only expectation that I have for the Houston Texans in 2021. But with that being said, going back to the Texans for this upcoming season, they have a new head coach, a rookie head coach in David Cully and over the past weekend we actually had an opportunity to hear from David Cully I believe from the very first time since that god awful press conference he did with the whole he didn't know Deshaun Watson would um, demanded a trade or anything like that but after hearing from David Cully have your expectations changed now that you had an opportunity to kind of hear from him and also try to get a sense of what his philosophy could be? And also, and I really want to ask you this question because you was the one who had an opportunity to ask him about his thoughts on the rookies that he drafted. And as you know, during that press conference, David Cully, which I did love, David Cully talked about the possibility of rookies playing. He said, he said if they get the philosophy, if they understand it, they're going to be in the midst of the competition, which I love, unlike the other head coach we had who always came out and said, rookie doesn't know anything and we're just not going to play them. What I'm trying to do, Cody, is not make too much of, and it's all I got, right? It's all I can glean from until the game start getting played. All I can really glean from is what the man says, how he comes off, not really knowing much about him ahead of time until we get him. So it's hard to give a fair 
evaluation of him as a coach with no receipts. I just, you know, I just don't know. You know, I, I thought, you know, when, when we look back at his track record and you say, okay, well, it's got to be intangible stuff because it doesn't really feel like a lot that you can just point to and say, okay, this is what this, other than longevity, which you got to respect, it's not really anything that you could point to that was there. So I, I'm trying not to make too much out of the presentation and what's what's said, because you you know who comes off who has uh, impeccable presentation. He also got a resume, but you know who got a real clean presentation and not looking so great right now? Urban Meyer. Mm. You know, like, like he, he, he talks with conviction and he's impressive at the podium. Now he does have a resume, you know, a college resume. But you look at some of the decisions he's making and it's like, okay, well, he looks like he's in his first year too. You know, so just because, you know, maybe David Cully has made some clunky references, you know, I think about things that he said, like, you know, the most important part about football is the football, you know, and, uh, you know, just different, there, there are different quotes and different drops that we use up here at the station where we're kind of tongue in cheek, but at the same time, you think about the football team, you're like, oh, you know, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, so I, I, I want to do my best to be fair enough to David Cullen to say, you know what? This guy doesn't have a lot of receipts as far as, you know, having never been a coordinator. We don't really know a lot about his offensive philosophy. What we do know is, is that he's going to rely heavily on these assistants. I think I think what we can say about Dev, David Cully is that he is going to be the type of coach that will pass or fail with his assistants, with, with the help around him. You know, his assistants and his players, obviously. Are you confident in his assistant coaches? Not to cut that's, you off, that, but. That, I, th I think that's a better, that's a really good question because that's what I'm trying to decide. Like, and, and, and that was what we we're trying to parse with what we were dealing with in the press conference with like, you know, the question being asked is this, is this Tim Kelly's offense? You know, but before that, you know, bigging up Pep Hamilton and talking about what his influence is and, and what his accomplishments are. And it's not to say that those can't work together, but just trying to figure out like wh where is the influence coming from? Wh who is what is and who is leadership, you know? And and I, th I think that's that's the difficulty with a coach like that who doesn't have a track record. You're trying to figure out, okay, so which which of the assistants is it that this guy is leaning on, and can we glean from that what the overall philosophy is going to be? And I don't know if I have a great sense for that because because of Tim Kelly's presence. You know, and, and I don't know if I have a major problem. with. I, I don't understand why Tim Kelly's still around. I don't think Tim Kelly was like the problem. You know, he was a problem. I mean, he was Bill O'Brien's dude, you know. So I, I, it's nothing really against Tim Kelly. I just don't really understand why exactly he's still there, especially once you bring in Pep Ham Hamilton and you yourself are an offensive coach, you know. So I don't really fully understand that. I'm still trying to piece that together. So do I, I mean, not, not to cop out or, or to bail out, but I'm, I just really don't know, man. I don't know what, what to feel about that. It's hard to say you feel good about it, uh, but definitely want to kind of give it a chance and see how it shakes out, man. No, absolutely. And me and Cody have the discussion of, you know, will the progression, if any, of Davis Mills lead to Pep Hamilton eventually uh, taking over as O.C.? You know, I've, I've seen the conspiracy, not necessarily conspiracy, but I've seen the think pieces of he's a placeholder for head coach. But yeah, I, I, first of all, I don't think Houston can afford to make another uh, assistant coach a head coach without them having a coordinator position first. And that's speaking directly to where they are right now with David Cully. But 
to your point of Tim Kelly, Tim Kelly is not necessarily Nick Casario's guy. Tim Kelly, I think, was originally kept because of the relationship with Deshaun Watson, and he was used to mend fences with that quarterback. Uh, but we know what that, is, what, what that issue is now, and it'll be kind of classless in a sense for them to just move on from him without actually giving him a shot this season. But I think Pepper Hamilton would be, depending on what happens with Davis Mills, the future OC of this team, I just wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, and, and real quick, too, because, you know, they also made Pep the quarterback's coach. Yeah, you know, or, or the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator, I should say. Obviously, he's the quarterback's coach. He's the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator. So it makes you wonder, okay, so the the offensive coordinator is exactly what? Like, just calling the plays, you know? Um, and, and a couple other things that were complicated about keeping Tim Kelly, I think, too. And I, I'm not sure how much this factored into it. And I was trying to understand this. You remember during the offseason, they kept blocking his interviews. You know, other other teams wanted to interview Tim Kelly for different reasons, and they kept blocking the interviews. Mm-hmm. And then also, also the um, the detail that Tim Kelly's agent is Bob Lamont, same agent as Nick Serio and Jack Easterby. So there, he is a part of a network there that still ex- exists within the infrastructure, right? But what does it, I don't know what it means though. Like you know, like it's not like they you know like Bob Lamont couldn't get him a, a, a job elsewhere because other folks wanted to interview him. You know, so I don't really get it, to be honest with you. I do want to say I think people are scared of a rebuild. I, t- I tweeted earlier that why, why are we, not necessarily us three or so, but it seems like people are making up so many different scenarios to justify this team winning more games than I think they will, than they are projected to, which will actually, in my, my opinion, do more harm. If you win more games, will you have a first-round pick next season for the first time in a couple of years? That actually does hurt your chance of uh, to start your rebuild. But I think people are really scared of, of this rebuild, mainly because a couple of years ago we had uh, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, Clowney on the roster and didn't do anything with that. But the rebuild is essential to the success that this new regime can have. And uh, we gotta face it, man. Like, just let it happen. This team yeah, will not be good. Yeah. What? 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 What would they even have that would contradict? Other than the only thing that you could even hold on to in your mind to think that it's not a rebuild. And again, this is gonna be very, very far fetched. Y'all bear with me for a moment. The only thing that there is, and and I, I understand if you're a fan, the only thing would be if you think Deshaun Watson might be coming back to your team as your quarterback. In which case, then you can argue it maybe that it's not a rebuild because you already have a franchise quarterback. That's the only that's the only thing. But otherwise, if you look around, if you accept what's going on with Deshaun, if you're re- realistic about it, okay, and get your head out the, out the sky and be for real about it, you understand this is probably going not the way you want it. He's not going to be a quarterback anymore. And from there, you look around at the or at the organization, at the team. This is a rebuild. Period. Like they, uh, they got. You know, half the t- half the team is new. They got thirty plus new players or something like that, right? So I mean, that's that. It just is what it is. You know, like if you can, if you if you don't want to accept that, if your team loses, your team wins only four games, enters that draft with five. You know, pick five guys, and then lose their franchise quarterback, and bring in you know thirty new players. That- that's a rebuild, you know. It's not. It's not. It's not even like a take. It's, it's not even a matter of opinion at that point, you know. 
I think if anything, it, it, it just hurts, you know, and I know you guys and listeners, you heard me say this before. It's just crazy how fast this organization has fallen. And, you know, they're not the only team in Houston that's rebuilding. I mean, hell, take a look at no. the Houston Rockets. But the only difference from that is at least Rockets fans can say they had eight and a half, nine good years of James Harden giving it his all, trying to bring that Larry O'Brien trophy back to the city of Houston. As for the Houston Texans, I mean, Deshaun Watson was only here, what, four seasons, and you only had two good years, not not just out of him, but the team was only good two out of the four years that he was here, and it just sucks that it happened so fast. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? I'm at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. Y'all can follow me there. Also, you can subscribe to the B Block Podcast anywhere you get your podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you go, Google, wherever it is. So, um, yeah, man, and at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I'm John, some sports guy, Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Get at us, man. Angry, pissed off, happy, excited, or in the blue. Doesn't matter. Let us know how you feel at Locked On Texans. Until we get back at you next Monday, stay safe. Have a fun weekend. Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.